tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus. A probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about blackouts. I'll explain how memories are formed, what puts you more at risk for blacking out, and some interesting studies on end-block blackouts. You'll learn what actually occurs in the brain to cause a blackout. 
I was extremely prone to blacking out. So I will end this episode by telling you how I blacked out during my wedding and the psychological impact of blackouts. So let's dig in. Before we can talk about blackouts, we should understand how we even form memories in the first place. The Model model of memory was proposed in 1968 and is generally accepted by most scientists. This model describes how memories are formed in three stages. First, sensory memory. Everything we experience with our senses typically lasts a couple of seconds. Next, short-term memory. If a person focuses on sensory information, then it can move to short-term memory, typically lasting a few minutes. And the last is long-term memory. So with enough rehearsal and attention to the short-term memory, it moves into long-term memory. The hippocampus is responsible for the formation of memories. Blackouts and, and losing time happens when a person drinks enough alcohol to temporarily block the transfer of memories from short-term to long-term storage, known as memory consolidation. When people talk about blackouts, you may hear them say that the hippocampus can't develop a tolerance for alcohol, and that's not entirely accurate. So different parts of the body do not develop their own tolerance. Your body as a whole develops a tolerance to alcohol. Tolerance occurs when the liver begins producing more alcohol dehydrogenase to break down alcohol quicker, and as the brain adjusts its chemistry to counter the effects of alcohol. If you remember from episode one, we talked a lot about GABA and how the brain adjusts to counter alcohol. The decrease of GABA receptors in the brain is one way tolerance for alcohol is increased. It takes more alcohol to produce the same calming effects because there are less spots for alcohol to bind to. At the hippocampus specifically, alcohol slows down the communication between neurons, which disrupts the ability to form memories correctly. With enough communication disruption, no new memories can be formed until some of the alcohol is processed and eliminated. There was a famous case where a patient known as H.M. had brain surgery for his debilitating epilepsy. At 27, his seizures became so intense that he could not function or live a normal life, despite high doses of anticonvulsant medication. So in 1953, his surgeon removed the medial temporal lobe, which includes the hippocampus. The surgery actually worked for his epilepsy, but had an unintended side effect. He had severe memory impairment. He forgot things almost as soon as they happened, often apologizing for forgetting someone's name he was just introduced to. His long-term memory was unaffected, and he did not lose any of his intelligence. He described his own experience as like waking from a dream. Every day is alone in itself. H.M. helped us learn that the hippocampus was essential for making memories, and the results from his operation were publicized, so no surgeons ever attempted this again. He was studied for five decades and passed away in 2008 at the age of 82. He is the most studied patient in all of neuroscience, being mentioned almost 12,000 times in journal articles. Speaking of his neurosurgeon, he said, What he learned about me helped others, and I'm glad about that. 
Several studies have demonstrated that short-term memory is maintained in a drunk state, with the person being able to recall information for up to a few minutes. Long-term memories formed before the person started drinking that evening are also unaffected. So this may explain why drunk people can be so repetitive in conversation. Formal research into blackouts began in the 1940s when E.M. Jelinek surveyed people from the newly formed group Alcoholics Anonymous. He saw that many of them experienced times of alcohol-induced amnesia and concluded that blackouts were a good indicator of alcoholism. Now, blackouts are not considered an indicator of alcoholism, but an indicator that the individual is at risk for developing alcoholism. In 1969, a scientist named Goodwin and his colleagues published two of the most influential studies on blackouts. They interviewed 100 hospitalized alcoholics and found that 64 of them experienced some form of a blackout. In follow-up experiments, he gave participants up to half a liter of whiskey in four hours and presented them with situations that were designed to be very memorable, something that no sober person would have difficulty recalling. There were two main memorable situations that he used. One was to show participants pornography and ask detailed questions about what they've seen. The other involved him holding a frying pan and asking participants if they were hungry. When they answered, he told them that the pan had dead mice in it. Participants were able to recall these events up to two minutes later, showing that their short-term memory was intact. He found that these situations were completely forgotten after 30 minutes and that participants still couldn't remember the next day when they sobered up. From this information, they proposed two types of blackouts, fragmentary blackouts and end-block blackouts. A fragmentary blackout, also called a brownout, results in fuzzy memories. Interestingly, the original study on the 100 hospitalized alcoholics found that when reminded of the events, a person could remember and fill in the gaps of their experience. So this type of blackout is a lot more common. If you've had a fragmentary blackout, you're likely trying to piece together events from the night before and ask people what you did or said. An end block blackout is when you lose hours of time. This type of blackout usually ends with the person passing out. The scary thing about an end block blackout is that the person blacking out can remember everything from before they were drinking, like how to drive a car, and can maintain short-term memory for up to a few minutes. So they look almost normal when they're actually really not mentally present. So they're still walking around, having conversations, and potentially engaging in risky behavior, but they're not actually present. So if you've had an end block blackout, you likely will wake up the next day with no memory of how you went to bed. Blackouts occur from a quick rise in BAC to high levels. Just binge drinking large quantities of alcohol sometimes isn't enough to induce a blackout. But when someone starts chugging drinks and drinking on an empty stomach, they're much more likely to experience a blackout. Studies have found that a blackout requires alcohol to be consumed quickly. It's the fast rise in BAC that leads to a blackout. Drinking the same amount of alcohol over many hours is much less likely to cause one.
Blackouts are more common in people with lower body weights, women, and people who pregame to get a buzz on before they go out, especially college students. Women are on average smaller than men and have a higher percentage of body fat and less body water to dilute the alcohol that they drink, so their BAC rises quicker than it does for men. A 2017 study from Palo Alto University in California found that women would routinely black out with three fewer drinks than men. And interestingly, people whose mothers had a history of problems with alcohol were found to be more at risk than if they grew up with a father who had problems with alcohol. This is attributed to the fact that mothers are the primary caregivers and spend more time with the children. Another study looked at 1,000 pairs of twins and found that there was a genetic link for half the blackouts that were experienced, meaning that blacking out can be something that runs in your family. This genetic link may explain why some people just don't black out when they drink heavily. A few studies have identified several risk factors for blacking out, being female, being Caucasian, having an early onset of drinking, and having a family history of alcohol problems. Women are also more vulnerable to blackouts because they have less alcohol dehydrogenase than men do, so they process the alcohol slower. A 2000 study found that having a family history of drinking problems affects men and women differently. They found that men with a family history of alcohol problems had more negative consequences resulting from their drinking than women with the same family history. This could suggest that men are more vulnerable than women to the same genetic risk, but it could also suggest that men who grew up in a home with a parent who abuses alcohol are more vulnerable to continuing on the cycle of problematic drinking than women are. I've seen studies that talk about men being more vulnerable to the genetic risk as well as the environmental risk. So there's a few factors here. It's not just genetics. Blackouts have always scared me. Just the idea of part of my brain clicking off was frightening. But when a woman is in a blackout, she puts herself in a lot of danger. People in blackouts are far more likely to engage in risky behaviors such as drunk driving and unprotected sex with a stranger, but women have an added danger associated with blacking out. They are much more at risk for sexual violence during a blackout. I experienced an end block blackout for the last few hours of my wedding. I had meaningless, empty conversations with people that I can't remember, and apparently many of us stayed for an hour after the reception ended to continue talking. I took the shuttle back to the hotel with all the other drunk people, and then I passed out on the bed in my dress. My husband changed me, hung up my dress, and fought off intense waves of nausea before he too went to sleep. So this is all just what I've heard. I have absolutely no memory of any of that. And despite other people telling me what happened, I just don't have access to these memories because they were never formed. So that's why I say apparently, because I have no idea. What I do remember, though, is waking up in shock at 5 a.m. I was thrown back into consciousness and realized that my wedding was over and I didn't remember getting back to my room. I woke my husband up and told him that we need to look through our gifts and we have to consummate our marriage. 
So that time together is a nice memory. For the next few years after my wedding, I felt a lot of guilt and shame after my blackout. I was so sad that I missed the end of it, and I still feel cheated. I feel sad, and there's nothing that I can do to change what happened. So I do have to just accept it and move on. I hope that we will have the opportunity to renew our vows at 10 years and have another party. In this one, I'll be sober and enjoy the entire thing. I blacked out a lot from drinking. I was so susceptible to blacking out. But most of the time, I was safely at home. I hated waking up in the morning with a pounding headache, dry mouth, wicked nausea, and feeling panic. Did I do anything bad? Did I say anything embarrassing? I would go through my text just in case and then text whoever I was with to do some reconnaissance, saying something like, oh my god, last night was so fun. I feel like shit today. I hope you had fun. I was desperately searching for answers. Was anyone mad at me? The shame following a blackout is always so intense. I was likely the worst detective ever, but no one let on if they knew I was trying to piece back together the night. But I felt like I was losing parts of my life, and and I was. Some memories just never formed. I will never have access to them. Blackouts themselves are not usually the danger, medically speaking. It's the large amount of alcohol that we drank to get there and the risky behavior that can happen while you're in a blackout. So if you're drunk driving in a blackout, you are putting yourself at high risk for something really bad happening to you. Psychologically, though, blackouts do have an effect. So they can leave us feeling extremely depressed and anxious the next day, not just from the excessive alcohol intake, but now the shame associated with lost time is added to that. Not remembering what you did, said, or who you may have had sex with causes a tremendous amount of shame. I remember all the shame I used to feel waking up after a blackout. It was scary and it was really, really depressing. It just kept me stuck in that shame cycle for even longer. So I hope this information was interesting and please remember to review, subscribe, and share this episode and I'll talk to you next week. It's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action 
and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.